0: Hey guys, what's up? It's Corey from Lean Green Dad Radio. Today's podcast is more than just a discussion. It's a story about a transformation, a story about two people who took their health into their own hands and are healthier now than they've been in their entire lives. Today, we're talking to Mark and Kim, aka Chickpea and Bean, on episode 75 of Lean Green Dad Radio. Let's go.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to Lean Green Dad Radio.
0: Hey everybody, welcome to Lean Green Dad Radio.
1: From sunny Orlando, Florida, this is Lean Green Dad Radio, the podcast that provides fuel for families. And now, here's your host, Corey Warren.
0: Hey guys, what's going on? It's Corey from Lean Green Dad. And if this is your first time tuning in, then thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in and spending some time with us. So we have some great guests today. Uh, As I said, my name is Corey and I am a husband, a father of three, and a plant-based athlete. And each week I get to talk to some of the most inspiring people that I can find to help me stay motivated to stay fit, eat healthy, and get the most out of life as a busy parent. See, for me, finding time to work out, make healthy, quick meals for my family, and spend quality time together can be really hard when we overschedule ourselves. So my hope is that by me getting a chance to talk to some of these amazing folks, that you'll walk away with some quick tips and inspiration that you can try in your life to help keep you and your family going strong. All right. Today, we're going to get into our amazing guests in just a second, but first, you know we've got to give love to our sponsor, and that is Smart Fitness. Now, if you're a busy parent like me, and you are sick and tired of paying too much for an overpriced gym membership, then you've got to check them out. They're located here in Central Florida, where I am from, and all you need is 20 minutes twice a week for Smart Fitness to work for you. Andrew Noble is a good friend of the show, and he runs Smart Fitness in Central Florida, and he will customize a plan that works best for you with his top-of-the-line studio in Ocoee, Florida. So check him out at GoSmartFitness.com. Again, that is GoSmartFitness.com. All right, now on to our amazing guests. So um, a while back, I I had an uncle, actually, that sent me this couple— It is uh, Mark and Kim. Mark and Kim started out as a young, passionate couple. Kim was, uh, you know, doing her vegetarian thing, and Mark was doing his football thing. NCAA Michigan Wolverine football, that is, to be exact. But somewhere along the way of this amazing relationship, they got derailed in terms of their nutrition. Mark had a huge family history of diabetes, type two diabetes, and heart disease. And Kim started having severe headaches when she stepped away from her vegetarian diet during her college days. Then something significant happened to them. Mark was headed down a dark road of medications and pain when the couple decided to take a movie off the shelf that had been on their mantle for quite some time. That movie was Forks Over Knives. Now, today, Mark and Kim make up the two person team of Chickpea and Bean. I love that name. And together, they've seen revolutionary changes in their life by switching to a whole food, plant based diet. I'm really excited for you guys to, to meet them, and I was so excited to talk with them. So, without any further ado, let's get into my discussion with Mark and Kim, AKA Chickpea and Bean. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to Lean Green Dad Radio. Today we have Chickpea and Bean on the show. And who is Chickpea and Bean? Well, it's Mark and Kim, and they make up this two-person team that they call themselves Chickpea and Bean. I I love it. I love it. Together, they have made revolutionary changes to their life by switching to a whole food plant-based diet. They are graduates, of the T. Colin Campbell Center for Nutrition Studies Certificate Program, and also Certified Food for Life Instructors. They have a wonderful website and Facebook page with inspiration, great cooking ideas, and so much more. So, today we're gonna talk to them about how this journey to a healthier life has impacted them, what they've learned along the way, and the thing that actually made them switch. So, welcome to the show, Mark and Kim. How you guys doing?
1: We're doing great. Thank you for having
2: us. Thank you very much,
0: Corey. Absolutely. So uh, I came across you on Facebook, and uh, your your story is just so incredible. I I wanted to bring you on and talk about it. And I'm so glad both of you can join me. You know, I reached out to Mark originally, and I, I said, Hey, Mark, come on. Come on the show. And he was like, Yeah, great. And I had this thought today. I'm like, You know, if Kim's there, please bring her on. So I'm so glad you could join us, Kim. Yeah,
1: thank you for having me.
0: So, Mark, let's let's start with you and your journey, right? Um, you were a Michigan man. You played collegiate football at Michigan, uh, and and back then you were just eating whatever you wanted, right?
2: That is correct. I mean, I was uh, I was recruited out of the Chicago area, Chicago, Illinois area, to come play football at the University of Michigan. 1986, I came out to play for the legendary uh, college coach Bo Schembechler. And uh, I was, you know, in high school, I was 280, 285 pounds. Uh, When I got to Michigan, I lost a little weight, but then eventually, you know, gained it back to where my average playing weight was about 300 pounds. Uh, At Michigan, I was an offensive lineman, a right guard. And to your point, yes, I mean, I was eating, you know, training tables, you can imagine, uh, just all all the food that you can imagine there. And it was heavily concentrated around the about around animal products,
0: right? I mean, you know, when you are a football player, the the teams want you to get enough protein, right? That's what we always worry about when we hear about a plant based diet. Where are you going to get your protein? And we'll talk about that in a second. But you are right. I, I don't understand how the collegiate world, fueling some of the world's best athletes, is not aware of you know these these wonderful plant based proteins and and foods that will fuel you know the muscle regeneration and everything else. What, why do you think, Mark, that that happens at the at the collegiate level, even at the NFL level? I mean, you hear about you know David Carter, the three hundred pound vegan, and how he was a linebacker in the NFL, and it was very controversial almost for him to bring up the idea of eating plants. Um, wh- why do you think that is in the in the college setting?
2: I think it I think it stems, Corey, from much of what most people face today, and that is how were we bro- brought up. And how were we educated? What do people know? What all the marketing and all the advertising that's been going on for decades and decades. And, you know, we, when we think about protein, we all think about meat, right? right. When you think about calcium, we all think about milk. I mean, we've been programmed over most of our lives, if not all of our lives, as well as our parents to believe these facts about protein and about calcium and where do you get it and how do you get it? And so uh, I think that is still what mainstream America, you know, believes today. And I, I think slowly but surely we are seeing more and more people shifting away, as, as in David Carter, the 300-pound vegan, you know, the, the NFL defensive lineman. Uh, there's more and more athletes coming forward proving that, you can get all the protein you need from the plant world.
0: Absolutely, and Kim, you met this big lug back in college, right? You you were there, and you you saw him, and you said, "Hey, look at this big hunky football guy." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what What was your life like when you were eating now, I think I think I read you started off as a vegetarian. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I was a vegetarian when I met him. Um, I did it mostly for ethical reasons. When I was about eighteen years old, I went vegetarian for a few years. Um, and then uh, I met him, and I had pe- people around me telling me that I that you know beef was healthy and milk was good for you. And what am I thinking? And uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to educate myself, enough at that point to keep going. Another problem too is I didn't know anybody else who was vegetarian, let alone vegan. Right. So um, I I can tell you from experience, it helps a lot when. You have support from people around you and, and you can share ideas and help each other it makes a huge difference
0: absolutely yeah and and you know the the vegan diet or the plant-based whole food plant-based diet however you want to call it it's it's become a lot easier these days it it's, has. it's not as weird right to hear someone say that they uh don't eat meat so that's very very promising um i have a friend that's been vegan for 30 years and he says you know he's vegan before it was cool to be vegan <laughs> and I, I love that but uh and he's a That's vegan bodybuilder so you want to talk about blasting away you know stereotypes so um well okay L- back to mark now mark you had you know a, a family history of illness and uh, diabetes ran in your family is that right can you expand on that for me Sure. So a
2: little bit on my family history. So I grew up in southern Texas, uh, moved to Chicago my freshman year in high school, from high school, came out to you know, U of M in 1986. And then I, I stayed here, met Kim at U of M, and uh, we ended up making a life here in Michigan. But uh, my whole family, ever since I can remember, Corey, my mother was taking pills for diabetes. She, she dealt with diabetes for over 33 years. Uh, Ultimately she ended up having a kidney transplant that was donated by my sister, my only sibling who did did not come down or was not diagnosed with diabetes, Uh, but uh, she ended up passing my mother at the young age of 61 after battling diabetes for 33 years. My oldest brother uh, passed away at the young age of 41 with uh, pancreatic cancer. Uh, My twin brother, he's been diabetic over a decade, multiple medications, and unfortunately suffered a heart attack a little over a year ago. My little sister, she's a couple years younger than me. Uh, She's been diabetic also over a decade, multiple medications, uh, also has high cholesterol and some other conditions. And then the, the sickest one in my family is my little brother. He was diagnosed with diabetes at the young age of 13 or 14 years old. He's been battling that for over 30 years now, but in that, in those 30 years, he's had a pancreas and kidney transplant. He's had his right leg amputated. He's legally blind. He takes 25 medications every single day and uh, does dialysis three times a week. So he's in really, really bad shape. And uh, so the whole family, Corey was diabetic. And and in 2002, that's when I was diagnosed with diabetes. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I, The doctor's like, hey, Mark, you know, you're diabetic. And so I was, having seen what it had done to my family and was doing to my family, I said, you know what, let me try and exercise more. Let me try and eat better. Let me try and keep this at bay because I didn't want to go down the same path I'd seen so many other family members go down. And uh, unfortunately, trying to exercise more, trying to eat better, or at least what I thought was better, uh, didn't help. And in 2004, I began to take medications for
0: diabetes it's uh well, mark thank you for sharing i mean I, my heart goes out to you because to see your family suffering like that i mean it's it's terrible um you know i i know firsthand with my wife um you know dealing with her all of colitis but i i can't even imagine you know your your mother was so young having to deal with those those issues and then to see sibling after sibling go through it that's it's a really tough situation it, it it almost seems too easy that you found this solution that's worked for you. Ha- have they been uh, receptive to to listening to how this has changed your life, and and maybe since they're kind of along the same DNA, it it might possibly work for them.
2: You know, we I did one thing I learned early on is that um, you can talk to people until you're blue in the face, and sometimes they're gonna listen, and sometimes they're not. Uh, my family started to see, you know, as they would see me periodically when I travel back to Chicago, they would, they were seeing the results I was getting. Of course, I'm talking to them on the phone, et cetera, sharing my results. Um, And I I just, I, my oldest sister was the one who, my oldest sister, Carol, she did, she was taking Metformin. Um, She did in fact change her, the food she was eating and was able to eliminate her diabetes medication. But she's the only one right now that uh, I know my, the, the, there's some other family members trying. They're trying, but uh, uh, I still see that they, they're struggling with it. And uh, you know, I think it, it's just uh, they they get uh, caught up in this. Oh well, I just want to eat what I want to eat, and and unfortunately, they they are not willing to move the needle as much as I would like them to.
0: Yeah, it's true. It's um, it's one of those things. I totally agree with you. You must have that will inside of you to want to change, or else it's just not going to happen. I mean, you can't be forced to do anything. And um, well, I hope hope that they get a chance to continue reading the studies and continue to learn about this diet. Because if it works for you, it, it could work for for them especially being in the same you know dna there i mean the way i kind of always talk about things is you you've got these embers in your body right you're you're predisposed to a certain number of things and it seems like you know it's type 2 diabetes right right so yeah it seems like type 2 by diabetes was one of those things that your family your bloodline was kind of predisposed to and you know i believe the way that we live our lives uh, the food we eat and, you know, the activities we do, our physical activity, all of those things play a factor in determining whether those embers spark into fires, you know, and, and, and create disease. And so, um, you know, I, I like to say, you know, it it might not work for everybody. Everybody's different. But from what I've read, especially with type 2 diabetes, it, it seems like it can be reversed. It, that That is the type of diabetes that can be reversed as opposed to type 1, which um, from what I understand you're born with, is that right?
2: Yeah. So type one, um, yeah, that is when your, your pancreas is no longer secreting any insulin and therefore you will need to take some form of insulin either the rest of your life or until you get a pancreas transplant. Mm -hmm. And type two is typically one that they used to call it adult onset diabetes, but then they were finding that more and more, um, individuals at a younger age, I mean, you're getting teenagers and and you're not an adult now developing diabetes. So they changed it to, that's when they changed the name to type one and type two, because it wasn't no longer just the adults um, that were coming down with the type two diabetes. It was young individuals as well. But uh, yeah, so type two diabetes, it, for many of us, there, there are still, your pancreas is still secreting insulin. It's just that the insulin sensitivity is what is it, it was where the, the problem is. Uh, you're not able to get those sugars out of your blood and inject them into your muscle cells to use and burn off as energy. Right, and, and that's where, that's where having, uh, that's where the issue and the breakdown occurs.
0: Um, Kim, how are you doing over there? Doing great, thanks. <laughs> so I want to go back to you. Can you tell me about that, that special moment, that moment that you watched something that changed your life forever? Can you right. talk about that experience?
1: Yes, we watched Forks Over Knives, and um, I was thrilled with the information in that documentary. It, it changed my life. And while we were watching it, I decided silently to myself. I thought, "I'm going to do this. You know, it's this is for me." It all made sense. And then I was so thrilled when Mark turned to me and said, "I want to do this." So uh, we decided at that moment we were going to try a whole foods, plant-based lifestyle, and um, we did it very drastically, very cold turkey (laughs) from that moment on. I really wanted to jump on board quickly because I did not want Mark to change his mind. Um, So we started, and in the beginning we kind of muddled through it. Uh, We weren't eating exactly the right things. We uh, read Dr. Neil Barnard's book about reversing diabetes that helped a lot and we got online and did some research and um it, it worked quickly for mark His, i'll let him talk about that more but
0: what was the hardest thing for you to give up immediately was it cheese was it dairy you know and milk what, what was the hardest thing
1: uh, for me it was cheese definitely cheese that was a tricky one and i did eat a lot of cheese substitutes that were vegan in the beginning to help get over that cheese addiction mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. that helped in using nutritional yeast to make sauces help gives you that nice cheesy, tangy flavor. Um, now we don't eat those products as much. Um, cause I, I like to watch how much oil and fat that I consume, but I still do have once in a while, yeah.
0: and and that yeah. that definitely helps I, I agree yeah I, I think you know there's some some uh, black bean sliders that I make and I put like a small slice of like diet cheese on it even like half a slice of diet cheese just to make it have that gooey you know you know uh just yummy consistency and I just love it and uh, I think the important thing is to to limit those things you know know that it's not something you need every single meal whereas, you know, with cheese. I mean, I remember before we made our transition. It's been about five years for us now, and you know, it was like every meal. You, you want to put cheese on it. It's like you have this perfect broccoli, and then you sprinkle melted cheese on top of it. You're like, you're ruining it. You're ruining <laughs> it. Oh, yeah. but um, well, that's been that's been interesting. Um, so um, Mark, this. There was something that you described in your in your bio on your website, and it was the hemoglobin A one C levels. Can can you dive into that for me? Because I don't really understand exactly what those are. Is that the same as insulin, or how does that work with diabetes? Yes.
2: Yeah, so the hemoglobin A one C is the metric or the blood the blood um, test that ultimately will you know dictate to the doctors whether you're diabetic or not, and. For the most part, the range is anywhere between 4 and 5.7. The new new numbers are 4 and 5.7. You're considered to be normal. If you're 5.7 to 6.4, you're considered to be pre-diabetic. And then 6.5 and higher, they consider you to be a a person with diabetes. And what that, the hemoglobin A1C, what it tests for is it looks for the, it, it goes and looks for the amount of sugar that is attached to your red blood cells. So unlike, unlike uh, when you go and you poke your finger and you get an immediate uh, number that will tell you your glucose level or sugar level at that immediate point in time, the hemoglobin A1C is a better indicator of how you're, you're managing or how your sugar levels are doing over a longer period of time because your red blood cells live on an average between two and three months. So instead of, you know, you're getting a good reading on how your sugar levels are over a longer duration uh a, a longer duration of time versus, you know, an immediate result when you, when most people, they prick their fingers and say, Hey, how are my sugars? Right. This second.
0: Gotcha. Um, so, you know, Mark, another thing you mentioned in there, Mark, there is the Hispanic culture that you, you mentioned, of course, growing up in the Hispanic culture, you had said that it, it's, it's a lot of meat. It's a lot of, um, fat it's a lot of savory type of things how do you substitute because look you you can't remove the hispanic part of you i mean you still gotta like some of those spicy foods and good stuff what are the recipes that you go to that remind you of some of the foods that you ate when you were back home
2: sure so so um, Kim makes uh, makes some great delicious recipes but some of them are the enchiladas that she has and she has those on our recipes page on our website but uh, you know growing up Corey one of the things that I remember is we used to eat a, t- a lot of beans and rice um, and on those beans and rice you know in the way of enchiladas or with our with our uh, steak tacos or what have you there was always cheese all over everything and the one one memory I have, and, and my mother, God rest her soul, she was a great woman and, and the rock of our family. But back when I was a little kid, she just didn't know. And that was, she would make the beans, but she would take this huge spoonful of Crisco oh. lard, throw it in the pan, right? And then that would melt it down. And then now you throw in all the beans. So we're eating all these delicious nutrient-packed beans, but now they're loaded with fat. And of course, over time... You know, that you're eating, you're continually doing this meal after meal after meal. And then, you know, you look at the tortillas she would make. And I mean, they were fabulous and great tasting, but lard went in the tortillas as well. And the tortillas and the beans and everything that you did, there was always oils being added. Uh, There was cheese and meat all over the place. And, you know, I I sometimes think that, you know, this new study called Epigenetics, you probably have heard of it. that's why I think that I was able to reverse many of my chronic illness conditions so rapidly. I mean, I was sick for over 10 years. Uh, I was taking two diabetes insulin shots a day, two diabetes pills, a pill for high blood pressure, a pill for high cholesterol. And on top of those conditions, Corey, I also had erectile dysfunction, which was as a man, it was very, very frustrating. I also had psoriasis all over my scalp and then um, you know, on top of that, I had heartburn very, very often. So on top of the prescription medications, I was popping Tums and Pepsid C and Zantac like candy. And uh, I was just very sick. And, and to go from, from that point in my life in December 2011 and then adopting that plant-based lifestyle December 3rd of 2011, and by the end of January, January 30th, 2012 to be exact, 60 days, not quite two months later, I was off all five of those medications, and it's that's been almost four and a half years now.
0: Did you taper under the uh, supervision of a medical professional?
2: Yeah, you know, so I did. You know, we—I was in fact talking to my doctor and working with him, um, and and yes, I was as I was seeing my sugar levels plummet. I was seeing weight. I was losing five to seven pounds a week.
0: Unbelievable! Uh, wow. I mean, I I ended up losing
2: in three months. I lost. 45 pounds. After two months, I was off all of my medications, and you know, today we talked about my weight earlier being 300, 305 pounds in college. Today, I weigh 210 pounds, which is what I weighed in seventh grade. I was about 13 years old the last time I weighed. Oh my six.
0: gosh! You know how much I weighed in seventh grade? I don't know, but not not even close to that. If I played football, I would last one second of one play, and I'd be gone. In fact, I broke my leg playing football in fifth grade, and it was over. Forget it. I would never, never play in football again. That was just in my backyard. But at least I did it playing football, right? At least I didn't like trip on a, a toy or something, break it, break it on a gym. That's right. Anyways, that's
2: right. You got a good war story.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. I I digress. Well, I took you off topic. What were you What were you talking about?
2: no we were just uh i
1: think it was starting with um the food you eat and being Hispanic. yes.
2: yeah yes. and and so yeah so we we basically when you look at all those i still eat even today Corey. we can go to a, a mexican restaurant and i can order the veggie fajitas and of course i would tell them to i want my veggies in the back steamed i don't want them covered in oil right so i want that plate when it comes to me to be dry because the water would have evaporated right uh, put those on some corn tortillas a little bit of beans maybe some uh, rice uh, or not i'm sorry some lettuce and tomato with some pico de gallo some jalapenos on top and i'll i'll eat about six or seven of those tacos yep. i mean so kim kim makes us some tacos here just use some pinto beans you get some corn tortillas we just heat them up with no oil or anything just heat them up on the on the on the stove there we'll throw some pico de gallo some uh, lettuce and tomatoes, some jalapenos. I mean, it, it just I, I don't miss any of those foods. We we still eat a lot of beans, a lot of tacos, and and ironically, uh, I never growing up, I never had mushroom tacos. Yeah. <laughs> but Kim makes some fantastic tacos. Uh, you know, out of some mushrooms and some chimichurri sauce and different things that she tops them with, I and mean, just some fantastic tacos, all different kinds of uh, veggies and and uh, and just. I, I, a lot of the same spices, just different different
0: uh, toppings. Yeah, I love uh, a portobello, you know, taco. You just take the portobello. I, I, I use maple syrup and um, liquid aminos instead of soy sauce. And those <laughs> those two combined, it just soaks right up and it makes a great tasting portobello. If you didn't tell people it was portobello mushroom, I'm not saying that it tastes like meat or anything like that. But it's, it's awesome. It just tastes great, you know. Um, so, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. What do you use in, in your mushrooms, Kim?
1: Oh, like the chimichurri sauce, and it has cilantro and lime, and a little um, sweetener. You can use maple syrup or agave, and a little bit of olive oil. Awesome. And then, like you're saying, the mushrooms just um, soak it up, and it's very flavorful. It's good stuff.
0: I love it. Um, yeah. You guys are such a great team, and I, I want to talk about you know how how lucky you are, and how lucky I am, I mean, my, my partner and I both decided to do this together, and you guys decided to do this together, but what do we do, how do we help those folks who, one of the two, are 100% down to do this, and the other, maybe not, I mean, we just talked to Juliana Hever uh, the other day, she was on the show, and um, she said, when she started off, her, her husband, who was a physician, did. Uh, did not want to transition 100% over to a 100% plant-based diet. So, he was eating meat, she was, you know, feeding her kids a plant-based diet. He would eat meat in the house. She was cooking multiple dinners, one with meat, one without meat. And finally after 10 years, he switched over. And it was it was such a huge moment for her. Of course, she is the plant-based dietitian. I mean, this is the woman that wrote the book on plant based diets for you know, for dummies. I mean that's that she's the author of that book. So can we talk about what 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 advice can you offer to help those couples who are kind of split down the middle?
1: I would say um, and this is something I used with Mark even before, uh, we went plant-based and I would just trying to get him to eat what I thought was healthier. For instance, if I was trying to make turkey burgers instead of beef burgers or whatever, um, try to get the people involved in the process of cooking, because when you have an investment in what you're preparing, uh, you appreciate it more. And so for instance, I'll say to my son or still Mark, if they're walking by the stove and I, I'm cooking some chili, I'll say, Will you taste test that for me and see if it needs more chili powder or if it needs some chipotle powder? And when they get involved and, and have some control over it, they they tend to like it more. So that's one tip I would give. Um, in a broader general sense, I think that you just have to keep the faith and and keep going, keep trying and keep showing people that this kind of food can be so Filling and delicious and satiating, and um eventually, I I hope they would come around.
2: Yeah, yeah we had, like even with our son. I mean, Kim, um you know, speaking to what you were talking about a second ago, Corey, she would make you know our our food plant based, and then of course she was cooking burgers for our son and this and that. But over time, I think if they just stay the path, I think and and the as as you're partners significant others children etc begin to see what you're doing and hopefully they're willing to at least give the food a try and i think they'll end up seeing that they basically will there's there's some great tasting food that can fill you up that is just very very delicious and it got to the point now where our son and our daughter they do not uh they do not eat any meat whatsoever and they're they're almost 100 percent plant-based I mean I think there's a tiny bit of dairy that gets in there but for the most part they they can eventually convert it after they saw these foods and we'd keep putting the food in front of them as we would eat it and hey try this try that uh but you're right it is it, it can be frustrating and we see you know some of the folks that come to our class and say well you know I'm doing this but my spouse is just not on board they want nothing to do with it and so we just try to give them you know some advice and hey don't don't let them derail your path, right? I mean, there, there are loved ones and and our significant others and our and our children, but keep trying to put these foods in front of them, and hopefully they will see that there's just a ton of delicious foods out there that are that are plant
0: based. Absolutely, and you know, for me, I, I like to tell people just just watch Forks Over Knives. I'm I'm not trying to convert you, but I am telling you there's some great information in that film, and it's one of those films that isn't in your face, uh, in, in the sense that um, it, it doesn't show a lot of animal cruelty. And um, th- that can be one of the things that folks don't want to see. Uh, although it definitely has a place, I understand um, why it needs to happen. And, I, you know, I'm passionate about it. I'm, I'm 100% vegan all the way. But, um, you know, for for just welcoming folks in who, who might not be ready to See that uh, there, there's three different ways you can approach it. You know, you can look at it like cowspiracy and come at it from the environmental aspect. You can also look at it um, as um, you know the animal rights uh, to kind of the PETA stand of things. And then you've also got health. You know, and, and I think hopefully people come in before there's a significant life event. I mean, you you might be able to eat. Uh, a standard American Western diet and never have a problem at all because you have great genes and uh, that's how it is I mean I saw a woman that threw a baseball pitch the other day she's 105 years old and uh, she said the secret to her longevity is drinking two Dr. Peppers a day now I I don't think that has anything to do with 105 years old except maybe the preservatives are keeping her preserved I mean I, I have no idea but you know, uh, I, I think it's our job as a couple, and our job as you know partners, to care about each other and uh, to give it the best shot possible. So, I hope anybody out there who is listening that might have a partner that's not one hundred percent into what you are doing, I hope that uh, you can at least ask them to listen and and just be open minded to it because I think that can go a long way. Having clear communication and being open minded about it, that can that can really help a, a marriage, a life, and and just be a good example for your kids. What do you guys think?
2: Mm-hmm. And I, I agree 100%. One of the things I learned early on, too, Corey, is when, you know, as I was, these changes were being realized, I've seen all the benefits almost immediately, and I started to talk to my family. And When I saw that there wasn't this great interest, I, I mean, yes, they were interested. Yes, they were happy for me, but interest in them changing or just immediately stop, you know, going to adopting a, a plant-based diet like I had, uh, I, I was getting frustrated. And I almost was, like beginning to hound them and and beat them up too much about it to the point where the, I I wonder if they were not wanting to talk to me as much because I mean, they knew I was going to start hitting them with you got to do this you got to do that you and and so you, you got to be careful about how much you dig your heels in because it could turn even your family members away and so you know I learned to just relax and, and kind of lead by example yeah and just and you know try to be positive. show them and if they ask questions but but uh, you know you want to. Want to do that? And then my my uh, my latest mantra, which uh, is keep it up, right? Keep it up from the standpoint that all the benefits that we, we realized and, and now I've seen over these four and a half years, and still off all my medications and feeling the best shape of my life at 48 years old, and the and also keeping it up from that erectile dysfunction standpoint too, right? So. <laughs> As a, as a double meaning, right? That
0: is the moment of the podcast. That is the <laughs> moment of the podcast. <laughs>
2: but, you know, for all these guys out there that and, – and we know, Corey, uh, I, I don't mind talking about it, number one, because I don't have the issue anymore. So I, I, I absolutely want to tell people that, look, if you were struggling like I was, and I was for years, um, this absolutely is a game changer. And if you're thinking that you're going to go sit there and take a pill – and, and that's going to allow you to now perform and everything's fine. It's not fine because you're masking the bigger problem. And the bigger problem is that your arteries are clogging. And, and the fact that the arteries down there to our privates as males are the veins that feed that, that section of our bodies, like half the size of the ones around our heart and yeah. the ones, our carotid arteries, go into our brain. So... The the stroke and the heart attack that that train wreck is coming. It's just going to be a little longer because the veins are double the size.
0: You are the man, Mark. Thank you for talking about it. It's uh it's one of those things. Just like with all sort of colitis with my wife, it's like you know, it it's you know you're talking about bowel movements and people don't want to talk about that, but somebody has to. You know, people are suffering in silence, and it's up to people like you and Kim to bring a voice to this. So thank you, thank you for doing this. You guys are awesome. Um, Before we go, you got to tell us where we can find you. I, of course, am going to list your website and everything else, but give us everything just so everybody can hear it.
1: Our website is chickpeandbean.com, and you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And um, if you'd like to email us, feel free. Our email is chickpeaandbean, and then the numeral one, at gmail.com.
0: also oh, somebody took the chickpea and bean?
1: Yeah, somebody out there has it, so we had to have the number. After how
0: me. dare they? Who do they think they are? <laughs> Come on. That's okay. Well, uh, I, I doubt they're listening to this podcast, but if they were, we'd tell them, give it up, give it up right now.
1: Right. Anyway,
0: Well, thank you guys so much. Um, we look forward to more great things from you, and uh, hopefully we'll see you on one of the uh, Engine Two, Forks Over Knives, excursions, uh, one of the immersions out there. Talking, and uh, I think you're doing one coming up here, right, Mark?
2: Yeah, you know what? In, in uh, September uh, of this year, the Two Forks events—that is the—that is Engine Two and Forks Over Knives—are having these weekend events, and uh, so I was asked to go and speak at that event, this September in uh, Pasadena, California. So very, very excited about that opportunity. And one other thing, if you don't mind, we'll give a shout. Tim and I were also interviewed for a documentary that's coming out, should be hopefully coming out in June in a few months here, and the documentary's name is, is Eating You Alive. Um, and the cool thing about that documentary is it, it, uh, it interviews all the, all the plant-based gods, if you will, Esselstyn, Campbell, Bernard, Ornish, all of, the, all of the big doctors on there, but it also brings in Samuel L. Jackson, and the Camerons. And so we're really excited to be a part of that project and uh, looking forward to that documentary hitting the, the big screen, hopefully sometime in June.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, I've heard big things about that. So congrats on that, that's amazing news. Yeah, thank
2: you. Awesome. And, and Corey, one just one last thing is thank you for all you're doing. Yes, I mean, yes, you're what doing you,
1: amazing, helpful work, and we appreciate it.
2: Yeah, all the stuff that you're doing to help these families with young ones and people that are so concerned about young children getting enough protein, like we talked about before, right? And here you are, living proof, showing it, and, and hopefully, uh, I, I believe, really helping a lot of people in the house to do that so thank you for all you're doing and you know, we appreciate everything
1: you are doing. yes
0: thank you so much you guys are the best i'll send you payment after the show for saying that <laughs> <laughs> all right you guys have an awesome day you too See
2: thank you
0: Corey. Corey. thank you hey guys what's up it's Corey back in the studio thank you so much you've made it through another episode of lean green dad radio and now it is time for us to say goodbye. But before we do, make sure you go and check out our website. We are over at leangreendad.com. There you can find all of our social media. We've got Facebook happening. we got Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and a YouTube channel. So check all that out. Feel free to sign up for the email list if you'd like. We send an email out every now and then when we have something inspiring and happy to uh, keep you motivated to get the, the best out of life possible. So. Until next time, my friends, this is Corey from Lean Green Dad saying, keep going that extra mile for your family, and we'll see you next week. Bye.